Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. And today we are going to go sort of with breastfeeding and sort of beyond because my guest today is Erin Hewitt. Erin, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Erin has written a very interesting book. It's actually a workbook, and it is a workbook uh, for the postpartum plan. And this is very interesting because uh, most people write what I guess I would call a traditional book, whereas this is a workbook. And we're going to talk more later in the show about how that came to be a workbook rather than a traditional book. But before we go there, uh, I want to ask Erin a little bit about what motivated you to feel that you needed to concentrate on the postpartum period. I know that many women will have a birth plan, but I've never heard of a postpartum plan. So talk to us a little bit about that. So um, being a postpartum doula for about three years, um, I was just shocked to, you know, work with these new moms that just didn't, they came home and they had everything prepared for that birth, um, you know, the nursery already, um, all of the supplies and hip, you know, strollers and baby carriers and all that stuff purchased, but they didn't know what to do with themselves once they got home. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was, just a com- <laughs> it was just a common thing with each mom, like, okay, now I'm here with this baby, and but what about me? Like, what's going on with my body? Like, I need time for myself. Uh, you know, how do I, what do I do to heal, you know, and try to prevent postpartum depression and those type of things. So um, just with working with my mom, my mom's and reading a bunch of books and stuff like that, I kind of just, just combined some of the information that, um, that I was seeing and I, that I have read and kind of made a plan, you know, of things, common things that moms should think about during that postpartum period. Erin, I totally agree with you. I think that they get what I would call the accoutrements, the the strollers and the nursery stuff and all of that, but they really don't think about the practical nuts and bolts of, hey, I'm home now, I'm it. And would you say that you see that more with the first-time moms? Um. I think so, but I feel yeah. like, um, yeah, it's, probably, it's more common with the first-time moms, but I do think that because each, just like each pregnancy is different, each postpartum period is different. Sure. And so, like, with the the second-time moms, you're throwing, you have a toddler, you might have a toddler in the mix with a newborn baby. So, you have to think about those types of situations as well. Uh, Erin, would you describe yourself as a planner in general? What was that? Excuse me. Sorry. (laughs) Would you describe yourself as being a planner? Yes, I am a very uh, type A person. I I have plans for everything, um, and I know that's hard for a lot of other people who are not, you know, a type A type person who makes plans. So 
that's kind of what the book is kind of to help guide those, you know, those people to, to think about those things and plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that when there is some structure, people can choose to use it or not use it. But in my experience, a lot of times they just haven't got the right questions to think about what it is they need to plan for. And it sounds like you have tried to anticipate those things based on your experience with just plain taking care of a lot of moms, reading a lot of books, living a lot of life. Right, correct. And Definitely. Uh, in your role as a postpartum doula, and by the way, we could certainly talk more about that. Uh, we've had doulas come on the show before, but uh, what would you say are the things that mothers struggle with the most in terms of really just that first 24 hours or so getting home? Um, I would think about, I, I think the first 24 hours is actually probably the easiest, I think, for them. I think it's because that first 24 hours, I feel like they have this kind of um, high, quote unquote, like, you know, they just gave birth, you know, they might be in the hospital, they have a lot of support with nurses coming in, um, spouse, you know, and stuff like that. I think it's the moment that they get home and they're home and they don't have that support that they received at the hospital that they're kind of like, oh, now what do I do? Now baby's not, I don't have anyone to help me with baby sleeping, you know, those type of situations. Right. Um, right. Um, and I also think that the moms go through, uh, like, a spell where they have all this energy within, like, probably about a couple weeks after, you know, postpartum, where they're like, oh, I can do this. I can go to the grocery store. I can make all the meals. I can do the laundry. I can check my email and all this stuff. And then it comes crashing back to them, you know, once we're like a month or two months postpartum and they realize, oh, I did too much too fast and now I have to start all over again. Yes, yes. I see that with new mothers. As a nurse, I have seen that with people who have surgery. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they have kind of this burst of energy and they think they can take on the world and then all of a sudden, wham, it just all catches up with them. You are so, so right. So tell me a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what you think uh, postpartum, the postpartum experience is like in America versus what the postpartum experience might be like in some other country. So, um, you know, reading a lot of stuff is very, within America, it's, it's like completely different. It's like a 180 when you come to America. It's not focused on mom at all um, for her healing Um and in other countries, you know, they have a common, like, a 40-day uh, lying-in yeah. period or confinement period in their country yeah. where they literally don't leave their bedroom um, for 40 days. Now, I don't know if I could personally do that because uh, <laughs> I'm a type A person. I feel like I need to get up. But I do believe that taking some of the things that they do and incorporating it into how we do things in America is ideal. Um but, yeah, in other countries, like, they move in with their moms for 40 days um, or longer than that. And so they don't have to worry about household duties, cooking food. Um, there's a lot of different things that are passed on from generation to generation about food that they eat, um, different herbs and stuff like that that are used to help heal, massages and stuff like that that are very common in other countries. And in America, it's kind of you have the baby and you're expected to be able to do these things 
you know, by the next day, by the next week, you know. Yes, yes. And not only that, but when people come to your house, they all swoon over the baby. Uh, but right. they don't necessarily swoon over you, and they don't necessarily, they'll ask what what they can do to help. But in my experience, a lot of times they want to help with the baby rather than right. helping, helping the mother to do just like normal household stuff. Uh, this workbook that you have created, would you say that that gives people some structure for help because people will say well what can I do to help and a lot of times some mothers will just say oh well uh uh gee there's a lot of stuff around here but they can't really articulate it so how would you articulate it um I have in the book there's a section on about visitor hours for one um I'm all about setting those visitor hours so yes you know the moment you come home you don't want people just coming into your house because you're still trying to get situated with baby and into uh quote-unquote, you know, um, routine that, you know, you know, <laughs> in your breastfeeding and yep. just all sorts of things. But it's just awkward for you, and you don't need people just barging into your house and touching baby because it, it can cause yourself anxiety, and it, you know, your baby feels, ultimately feels that. So um, visitor hours, I and I always encourage parents to, like, if they had a great night's sleep, go ahead and post something on Facebook or send out a text or something like that and be like, hey, we're having visitor hours for a couple of hours this afternoon. It doesn't have to be something planned out way out in advance. It's when you feel comfortable that invite people into your home. Um, and then also having a list available for those people that are coming in that you, of things that you need done. Um, yes. A lot of times yes. people will like call or text and be like, hey, I'm going to come over and visit. Is there anything you need? Don't say no. I have everything under control because you don't. I need a meal, I need lunch. Like, bring me something, like, take advantage of it, because I think that's also a common thing in America, is we're we're scared to ask for things, and you you should be more than willing, you know, you should just be open to, if you need something, just ask for it. I I would agree. Uh, I think that so many times when we're under some kind of stress, it might be having a baby, it might be somebody's had an accident, it might be that uh, there's been a death in the family, but I know that I will often want to help, but I don't really know what would be helpful for that person. And when they kind of say, oh, well, no, I'm all set, I'm thinking, no, actually, you aren't. But (laughs) but I don't want to do something offensive, and I certainly don't want to do something that is redundant or whatever. So, Erin, what do you do? Do you help people to say ahead of time, hey, look, at after I have this baby, I'm going to have visiting hours? Do you sort of suggest that people prep their friends and relatives for that, or how do you handle that? I um, usually, yes, I usually tell them to, you know, make them aware of it now during your pregnancy so it's not shocking news when you come home and they're like, oh, she won't allow us to see the baby. That is so, you know, that is so weird and stuff like that. So, like, prepare family and friends for that. Um, I'm also big on uh, not allowing family and friends coming to visit you in the hospital. Um, that's yes. kind of a touchy someone. Unless the, unless you have a really supportive mom or mother-in-law or sister, someone's really going to be supportive for, of you in the hospital and not just be there to see the baby. Um, right. Because right. that's also, <laughs> you. It's a, it's a sensitive time when you're in the hospital. You're in an unknown place. You're in an uncomfortable bed. You're probably not getting very good sleep. Um, 
they're eating hospital food, you know, things like that. Like, it's just an uncomfortable yes. experience, and you don't need people barging into your hospital room while you're trying to spend those couple of days figuring things out before you go home. Erin, I am so going to capitalize on what you've just said here, because I've been the postpartum nurse plenty of times, and I would say that it's awkward for the patient And it's awkward for the nurse. Sometimes the nurse can tell that the mother is getting a little uh, overwhelmed. There's too many visitors or she feels like she can't go to the bathroom because somebody's in the way or she feels like she's got to socialize or whatever. And as the nurse, that puts me on the spot. I can, I'm thinking to myself, oh, we could just get rid of these people because they're not being helpful. And (laughs) there are, there are people who are helpful. You can tell they kind of know their place, but for many, honestly, they're just kind of, the mother is trying to not be rude, but frankly, that person is not being helpful. So I think that just saying that ahead of time can really help to just smooth things out because, you know, it's your baby. Hey, everybody, uh, isn't this such a good insight? And don't you feel better that Aaron has just given you permission to ask for help? We're going to talk way more about getting help on the other side of the break. Go, go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hey everyone, it's Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, and I'm here today with my guest, Aaron Hewitt. Now, before we go on today, I would like to know, did you see my new website? Do you know I have a new website? I do. I have a new website. It went up for World Breastfeeding Week, and it is MarieBiancuto.com. I will repeat that. It's MarieBiancuto.com. I'll even spell it because I'll bet you you have trouble with that. I've been spelling it my whole life, okay? M A R I E B I A N C U Z Z O.com. There is a whole bunch of stuff there that you will be interested in. There's certainly a way to get to this podcast, but there are also my blogs. We've got several free handouts that might be useful for you, whether you are a postpartum mother or a pregnant mother, or a grandmother, or somebody seeking child care for your breastfed baby, and a whole bunch more that I think will be helpful for you because what I really want to do is to help you to be able to be your own best advocate. And in order to do that, sometimes you just need, as Aaron Hewitt has helped us to understand in this show, a little bit of structure to be asking the right questions. So I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's your baby, but I've hoped that maybe uh, I've been able to help you to ask the right questions that I've done that, I hope, through my blog, my podcast, and also those free handouts. So sign up today. Become a Marie Insider. It's all at MarieBianCuzzo.com. Aaron, I'm very interested in what you've said about the other cultures, and it's really true. I've heard about this 40 days thing many times. Sometimes it's called a lying-in period. There are different terms for it. Uh, I've even heard of cultures where they do not allow the baby to be put down for 40 days, that the baby has to be in arms. And there's all sorts of different mm-hmm. cultural things. But as you know, here in the U.S., we don't we don't really work that way. So why do you think it is that the postpartum period, like, like there's all this big hype. Oh, you've got to get pregnant. Oh, you are pregnant. Oh, how great. When are you going to deliver? Oh, oh, you're going to have, oh, you got the baby. Oh, great, great, great. And then it's like, Oh, there's the postpartum. Whoops, who cares? Why do you think right. you've got that? Yeah. I think, um, well, society just, uh, just women are supposed to be super women, you know. Um, once we yeah. come home, we should be able to do the laundry, do meal prepping, shopping, um, <laughs> yeah. going back to work. Um, I think the support, um, you know, with, mater- you know, parental leave is not there, you know. We get so many weeks off, whether most most time it's not paid. Um, and so it's just, 
I think the support all over in society is just not there in America. Um, and then I also of- have a big thing about about social media as well, too. I think that is a big play on why women think that they can't slow down is because they're viewing social media of all these other people doing awesome things, amazing things, and they think they need to be doing it as well. So, Oh, Erin, I want to go back to both. that. Oh, I want to go back to that. Yeah. I have seen women who, I'm not sure quite what the word is, but something like they feel really pressured to get those photos out to their friends via Facebook or whatever. Is that what you mean? Right, right. And I I think a lot of times we, like, let's, you know, I may be, like, two days postpartum, just got home from the hospital, and, like, my best or a friend or an acquaintance of mine on Facebook is posting a picture. She's at the park with her daughter who's, like, three, four days old and with their toddler, you know, and I like to let mm -hmm. parents know that Facebook, Instagram, all of those things are a highlight reel of what they're posting. You know, she, that mom could have been struggling all morning, could have been up all (laughs) night trying to figure out her baby. And she just happened to go to the park and is smiling while someone just happened to take a picture of her. That doesn't, that doesn't, you know, portray exactly what's going on in her life at that moment. And I think us behind our phones or our computers looking at that think that, oh, this person has it all together. They're not struggling. I should be able to do this. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's interesting because I would say that I have observed the part about them feeling pressured to get those pictures out. And you've just right. highlighted the fact that when they see those pictures, sort of on the receiving end, so to speak, uh, they feel like, ah, oh, shoot, she's doing all this and I don't really feel up to this. There must be something wrong with me when, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing wrong with you. And everybody you know, let's face it, everybody is different and every pregnancy is different and every baby is different. And every household is different. Every family, every, every, everything is different. Uh, certainly. Right. So what do we know about the postpartum period as related to mood disorders in other countries? So, uh, you know, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, any of the perinatal mood disorders and other countries are significantly lower in compared to America. And I, I mean, if you look at the statistics, I strongly believe that it has a lot to do with how they are handling their postpartum period compared to America. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, I guess I have to wonder if it's that slowing down and nurturing that, that people get in. Do you know what I'm saying? The, Uh Not really, uh, it's not just that the grandmother or the friend or whoever is doing the tasks. It is that it feels to the mother like she's being taken care of. Uh, Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah. As opposed to what I call being set adrift. Uh, Yes. I I remember uh, one time going to a woman's house. I knew her casually, not real well. But I could tell that things were kind of falling apart. And I said to my husband, oh, come on, you know, let's go visit them. Let's bring some food and, you know, toy for the baby and something else rather and just to show up. Well, I distinctly remember that when I got there, I just felt like she had been set adrift. 
she said to me, my mother was here for X number of days, but now she's gone. And I, we just moved here. I don't know anybody. We're up three flights of stairs uh, in this apartment, blah, blah, blah. And I just remember thinking to myself, she feels like she has been set adrift. And that's a real scary thought. You know, you mentioned also about mood disorders. And we've talked about that a couple of times on this show. We've had a couple of guests talking about postpartum depression. We had Sandra Reich talking about postpartum anxiety, which, by the way, most people Mm -hmm. don't realize that postpartum anxiety is at least as uh, common, maybe more common than postpartum depression. Where do you think the doula fits into all of this, Erin? I think as a postpartum doula, you're there to, well, one, you can kind of screen. You have an outside source coming in. So you're not mom, you're not mother-in-law, you're not the spouse. You're, You're the outside person coming into the home and able to take a look at what's going on. And I think a lot of times as new moms, if you had your mom come up to be like, I think there's something wrong. You know, you would take it a very offended, you know, offensively, like my mom, yes. you know, I, and I think there's an outside source coming in and be like, hey, you know, maybe you should go to a postpartum support group. I think there's one in a couple of days and or let's, let's give a call to one of the therapists, you know, in town or something like that. I think they are more apt to listen to, to someone, uh, to a postpartum doula than someone that they're super close to. Um, and also as a postpartum doula, you're there, you know, nurturing them. You're helping them with those things. If they need a couple of hours of sleep, you're someone trustworthy to hang on to baby and take care of baby while you're taking a nap or taking a shower and being able right. to relax and be able to rest. Those things lower those, you know, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. And it seems so simple, but it's, it, I mean, it's true. I mean, if you're allowed to rest and take care of yourself, then the instances of those things, you know, happening are a lot lower. It just seems to make a lot of sense. Now, let me ask you this. I get this with why should I hire a a uh, labor doula? And so now I'm going to tip the question around and say to you, Aaron, why should I hire a postpartum doula? I've got my mother, my sister, and I hear what you're saying. You know, I know that I would take it different from somebody else. I know that that you'd be there for me, but, you know, I think somebody else could really fill these shoes, and I don't really want to pay for postpartum doula service. How would you help people to understand that it's really worth it? I, I you know, I always, I always, you know, I... I, I don't want to tell them, no, don't have your mom or whatever, because some, you know, a lot of <laughs> right. people are very, very close with their moms. And if they want them yeah. to help, that's great. But I also think that you should have someone on hand that is trained and educated in different, like, you know, with swaddling and, you know, being able to screen those type of you know, perinatal disorders. And they're an awesome resource for questions. Uh, things are a lot different now when you're having a baby compared to when your mom had a baby as well. Um, There's just a lot of new things out there. um, And being able to talk about certain things are a lot, you know, you're able to do that now than you weren't, you know, beforehand. And questions about what's going on with your body, like, you know, I have this going on, and you may not feel comfortable asking your mom about it because it's personal, but asking someone who is educated and knows what's going on, and, you know, just having that talk with someone else is, important um and a lot of times moms moms come from out of state or and they spend a couple of weeks and 
I'm always, you know, fill in the gaps where you need help. So if I'm coming back for a couple of weeks and your spouse has a couple of weeks off, hire a postpartum doula for after those couple of weeks to fill in those gaps until you feel comfortable being on your own. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways that postpartum doulas can fit in into the postpartum period. I would totally agree because that helps, as you say, uh, grandmothers sometimes are not up to date. Sometimes there are things I would say to another woman that I wouldn't necessarily want to say to my mother. And uh, also, uh, certainly, your mother probably can't be there forever. She's got to go back to Kalamazoo or wherever she is. And <laughs> yeah. I, it, that, that gets rid of that whole set adrift thing that I was just talking about a few minutes ago. Uh, hey, everybody, I'm going to put Erin on the spot when we come back. I'm going to ask her a little bit more about how her doula role is fulfilled and how this workbook helps for breastfeeding mothers in particular. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894 and ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. 
To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with doula Erin Hewitt, and she is the author of the Postpartum Plan Workbook. She's helped us to get some good insights here about, uh, I mean, a woman who is breastfeeding is postpartum. So we've we really looked at that. Erin has given us some good insights, but uh, this time I want to look specifically, Erin, at what do you see when you are in the home? And I know it will vary depending on if you're there when she first gives, uh, first gets home from the hospital versus two or three weeks later. But what would you say are some of the big topics or big uh, questions or concerns that breastfeeding mothers have? So, you know, is baby getting enough? Um, yep. Is my last yep. okay? Painful yep. nipples, you know, I, yep. all of the, all of those very common. Um, in you know, is there a better way to position baby um, while I'm nursing? Um, baby's nursing all night long, and oh, yeah. you know, every hour it seems like baby's nursing. Um, and those are a lot of the common questions that I tend to hear. Um, yeah. So with you know, and with the postpartum plan workbook, we go we go it goes through some of those things um, to help prepare you for that you know that portion of the postpartum period. Erin, we all know that uh, planning is a good thing, but sometimes what you planned doesn't necessarily pan out in real life. That's just the way it right. is. So, at what point do you feel that? The woman has a plan. She's got it written down. By the way, everybody, I am a big fan of writing your plan because (laughs) there's an old saying from Dawson Trotman. He says that uh, thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass over the lips and through the fingertips. And that is so true. So I'm a big fan of writing it down. But how do you help these mothers when what they planned kind of just isn't working right? So, um, having during your pregnancy, I encourage moms to reach out and interview lactation consultants. Um, Good, because yeah. as a postpartum doula, and some postpartum doulas have certain training and have more training in with lactation and breastfeeding. Um, me personally, I just I have a very very little compared to what a lactation consultant would have. Um, so I I recommend. If you are planning to breastfeed and that is something that you are really wanting to do, to reach out to a lactation consultant, it doesn't hurt, doesn't mean that you will use the lactation consultant, but making that connection, making sure that that individual is the right fit for you um, because that she's going to be up in your business and helping you with, you know, certain situations. So you want to make sure that they're available and you feel comfortable being around them and they know your goals, you know, for breastfeeding. So. When you call and it's, you know, when you call or email or, or reach out to them and are like, I need help, I'm really struggling, they know that, oh, this is, this is important, she's reaching out to me, you know, and you guys are on the same, same page when it comes to that. 
Yeah, and you and I have both lived long enough to know that there are some people that you click with and other people you don't click with. So I think that being able to interview that person ahead of time, and I want to echo what Erin just said, not everybody needs a lactation consultant, not at all. But as Erin pointed out, get to know that person, get like get it lined up and you you could just be on your own and do just great or it may well be that Aaron or some other doula can provide you plenty of help and that's great too uh, but I think that Aaron your your watchword here is really preparation yes yes yeah yeah talk to us about some main topics that are in the workbook one that just jumped right out at me when I read the table of contents was grocery shopping uh, so I don't want people to think that this is just about, you know, uh, your baby or your body. This is like about everything. So talk to us about some of those topics that you've put into your workbook. So I'm a big, I'm a big believer that your nutrition and what you eat when you come home is, is going to help fuel you and heal you, um, during your postpartum period. So um, meal planning is a huge thing that I talk to, to parents about. Do you have meals in the freezer prepared, ready to go for when you come home? So you don't have to worry about that. Or if you have a meal train ready, um, or who, what, however, like is someone bringing you meals so you don't have to worry about cooking and going to the grocery store? Um, stocking your pantry and your fridge with some staples um, to make sure that those are already there for you. I have a little, like, grocery list in there of some, you know, some basic things um, to think about. So your spouse, when you're running out of food, your spouse isn't coming up to you like, hey, what should we get at the grocery store? You know, because sometimes it's usually the the mom who is, you know, in charge of that, who goes to the grocery store, makes the list, meal plans, and all that. And so that can be a question that doesn't need to be, that you don't need to bother mom about because, you know, there will be that list for them to go to go to. Um, the other great thing now is a lot of stores deliver. Um, oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, so we, ha- we have a Hy-Vee, local Walmart, Target. They all, you can order and they'll deliver to you or you can order and pick it up and not pick even up. have to go yep. to the store. So that's a great option, too. Um, and having those, you know, having nutritious food available is a very important. I know personally when I was postpartum, like, I craved carbs. I wanted mac and cheese, bread, all of those <laughs> delicious home-cooked, you know, comforting meals, Comfort and they were all great when I ate them, but you felt miserable and tired afterwards, and that's, you know, that's what happens when you eat something like that, so learning, you know, what to eat that's going to really comfort you, but also not make you know, make you extremely tired and and all that, so... I think that all of us have a tendency, I know even just working, sometimes I get home and it's like, oh, we got nothing to eat. Oh, there must be something right. to eat. What, or what can I make fast? And I think that we fall into that trap a little bit less when there's something you can pull out of the freezer and it sounds like you've got the mom covered there. Uh, have you had much experience with those uh, delivery services where they set you up with the groceries? And I'm thinking of something like, for instance, Blue Apron, where they send you a box yeah. and it's it's kind of a do-it-yourselfer or something like, um, uh, I want to say it's Plan Dish. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, 
Uh, she just gives you a, a meal plan for every night. Uh, but right. have, have your moms used any of those things? What do you think of those? I think they're great. Uh, with with those specific ones, you, they're still cooking, prepping to have to do. Like, they send you the ingredients yeah. and give you the recipe, but you're still in the kitchen cooking, which is fine. I think maybe after a few weeks when you're a little bit more comfortable getting up and stuff. And it might be a great thing to just do to bond with your spouse. You know, like, let's, let's cook a meal together. And, you know, not leaving the house. You can be with baby um, to just kind of do something different. You guys can connect. But I think... Um, having things that are already for like freezer meals that are already prepared for those first few weeks that you just have to pull them out, stick them in the crock pot or let them thaw, stick them in the oven. Those type of things are, are really important. Easy. Yeah. Um, See, I yeah. agree because and these, these new things sound good and they are good, but it's still prep work in my mind. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. meal trains are also a great thing. You know, oh, having yes. people sign up to deliver you meals. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, so people are going to be at my door every night delivering me, a meal, delivering me a meal. And I'm like, no, stick a cooler outside. Stick a basket outside <laughs> on your door to make it lighter. Yes. You know, make a sign that says, thank you for bringing me food. And don't feel obligated that you have to, you know, call them and thank them. You know, when you're ready to, you know, once you're ready, healed and ready to, you know, correspond with everybody, just you know, send them a thank you card when you're ready. But it doesn't have sure. to be immediately afterwards. That's the whole point of it. Point it, of it. You shouldn't have to worry about anything. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know if people use their crockpots as much as they might. Uh, to me, I go into a thrift store and I see that there are like 20 crockpots sitting there that people have just given <laughs> away. And I'm thinking, you know, a crockpot is a really great way to throw in a meatloaf or a whatever because it pretty much does its own thing. And if right. you're there to stir it or something, like for a stew or something, that's great. But if you don't stir it, well, it's okay. And it's kind of like, yeah, you know, anything that is easy, easy. Do you get any pushback from people saying, oh, yeah, you know, the food train came, but my baby can't eat fill in the blank? I don't really believe right. that that broccoli and all that stuff is a problem. But do you think that the mothers you've seen, would you say that that's a turnoff for them or that they're just happy to get the food? Um, I, You know, usually with those, you can make a note, like, if that family is gluten-free or dairy-free for whatever reason, you can make a note of that. Um, sure. But I, and I, I feel like it always works itself out either way. Um, you know, if, if mom can't eat it for whatever reason, then the you know, spouse can eat it. Um, yeah, I've never seen a huge issue with that, but I can, you know, I can see that being a reason why they wouldn't want to go that route. Uh, I think that Aaron just totally hit it, which is all of these, I see a lot of times that food is blamed for the baby's, quote, fussy behavior. Well, babies are fussy, and sometimes it doesn't matter whether, they just are, you know, they just are. They want to be held, or they don't have enough to eat right now because they just don't, but they will half an hour from now, 
formula-fed babies, same thing. And it's not because of something the mother ate. So I think that whole what the mother ate thing is is overrated. But I would encourage everybody to take Aaron's advice, which is if you have something that you know bothers you, that is the gluten or the dairy or the whatever, then feel free to specify that. But I think meal trains are grossly underused for the reason that Aaron has said earlier, which is we just don't make a whole lot of big hype about the postpartum period. Everybody swoons everything else. Hey, Aaron, don't go away. Audience, don't go away. Uh, We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. 
You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I'm here today with doula and author Erin Hewitt. Erin has really given us some important information about why it's really important that we look at this postpartum period as legitimate, okay? You've had a baby. This is a time for nurturing of yourself. And Erin, that brings me to a big question, which is, do you think that American women feel like if they ask for help, that's some, somehow a sign of weakness? I do, I do. And I feel like it needs to be flipped around that when someone's asking for help, it's a sign of strength. You know, I think that um, asking for help, assistance for anything, it should never be a sign of weakness. Um, knowing that you need help is, is, is a great, great thing to acknowledge. Yes, yes. You know, I have the fundamental belief that people are intrinsically good. People do want to help. And so mm-hmm. unless you're asking for the moon, which most of the time you're not, uh, <laughs> pe- people will want to help. And they they feel better that they are able to help you. And sometimes they feel very powerless when they can't help you because they just don't know what to do. Uh, and I also agree that sometimes family and friends will say they're going to help, but sometimes they don't. So, Erin, I would be really curious, what got you interested in writing a book? So, you know, it takes me back to working with all these moms and seeing that they, didn't, they had no idea what to expect during their postpartum period. Um, they yep. didn't know that they were going to have, you know, thinking about meals, thinking about who's going to help come take, you know, take, when am I going to sleep? When am I going to shower? You know, um, answering questions about what's going on with baby. Why is, why maybe is baby so fussy? Do you have any tips or tricks? Um, so the, the postpartum plan workbook is, is there to guide you to make, to bring up all of these different things that can come up, um, and help you plan. And, you know, we can all plan and things do arise, but it's always good to have something like this in your back pocket. And it's a great resource for you and your spouse and your postpartum doula and whoever else is on your team to help you during your postpartum period um, to take a look at and see what you what you were wanting during your postpartum period. Um, what different resources have you written down um, for postpartum support groups? So everybody knows, you know, where to go to find that information. Uh, you know, I have to chuckle as I'm listening to you talk because I'm thinking... I am right now revising my comprehensive lactation course, which I've been teaching for several years. And I realized that one of the things that really motivates me is I want that course to be the course that I would have wanted when I was in those that boat. Would you say that to some extent, the postpartum workbook has reflected what you might have wanted and maybe to some extent modeled after what you might have wanted. I'm sure you've spiffed it up, but yes. a lot of those, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I think, it, I mean, I think a lot of the things, you know, personally I didn't think about, you know, when I came home from the hospital and um, and then, you know, you're trying, trying to get by with what you have and I think this is a great way to to make you realize, oh, this could happen. Um, I should think about this. I should prepare myself for this part. Um, it's, it's just a great resource, great tool to help with that. 
And let me ask you this. What would be, you've got this book. It was released, I think, in April. And by the mm-hmm. way, Erin, apologies. Usually I try to read the book before I interview the guest. I ah. did not get an opportunity to do that because I've been out of town for so long. But uh, what would you say is your ultimate goal for the postpartum workbook? What is it you really want um, to accomplish? I want moms to feel confident when during their mm. postpartum period. I want them mm. to not be stressed about what's going on. I want them to feel nurtured and supported. Um, I just, I want, I feel like with, we're, America is so advanced in so much stuff, yet this portion, you know, postpartum is just not. And I feel like this could be, I, I feel like this could be a great tool and resource for, to get to the, those moms to feel nurtured and, you know, supported and, and ultimately, you know, it could decrease, you know, all these different, you know, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety type things because everyone's just comfortable and allowing themselves to heal slowly and not rushing into doing a bunch of things, you know, getting back to work, going to the grocery store and all those things. I'm sure it's appropriate for both the vaginally delivered mother as well as the cesarean delivered mother. But would you say that yep. you've got some features for talk, speak to us a little bit about that? How does it work? Um, so, you know, there's different sections. Um, there's, you know, baby caution signs, uh, mom caution signs. So, yeah, it, it, it goes to, you know, for C-section, vaginal, however, birth it's related, you know, related to anyone, um, and it talks about, like, different duties for your spouse, you know, some roles that they can help with, um, creating a resource list with, like, baby-wearing groups, lactation groups, postpartum oh, nice. groups. Nice, um, nice. All of those types of things, Yep. That's really great, because sometimes I find that people are willing to do that, but they haven't been exposed to that idea or they've been exposed to it but they've forgotten about the idea or they've forgotten about it you reminded them but it's like ah shoot but I don't really know how to do that but if you line up your plan ahead of time again for Aaron the word is planning here uh that is (laughs) so incredibly helpful Aaron, I know that your book is on Amazon.com. We will certainly feature it on my website at MarieBiancuso.com. Uh, tell us where else Great. that we can find it. Uh, if you think there's anything else that is particularly pertinent, do you have your own website? I do. Um, MidwestMomAndWife.com. Uh, and so on there, it goes into the postpartum workbook. Um, I also have some postpartum affirmation cards. Um, it, oh, good. It my services good. as well. Yep, and um, I, you know, I also I also teach baby and me yoga, and I I co-host a postpartum support group and things like that. So um, yeah, all that's found on MidwestMomAndWife.com. So this is a great place for not only just finding the book, but it sounds like a lot of practical resources that mothers could take part in, even if they're not actually in the Midwest. Yes, uh, you're in Iowa. Yes. Right. Correct. Okay. Yes, I am. So, yep. so, so let's say that I'm the postpartum mother and I want to hire you to be my postpartum doula. How do I go about doing that? Um, so if you go to the website, it lists my services or if there's not something really that you're finding to fit what you need, um, I have a contact information form. Just fill it out and then I'm usually in contact with you within 24 hours. Um, and we nice. kind of just discuss what exactly you're what you're needing and how we can, you know, fulfill those needs. 
How far will you drive to go to someone's home, Erin? About 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. You hardy Midwesterners, yep. you, you always just jump in the car and drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, live, I live just outside of Washington, D.C., where we uh, get a little more hyper about anything more than a few minutes. Right. Ago, but you hardy Midwesterners, you just jump in the car and go, which is, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. well, um, all of this has been, I hope, really helpful for people. And uh, I'm hoping that people will understand the importance of planning. I'd like to thank Aaron Hewitt, our author and our guest today for being with us on Born to be Breastfed. Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, good. I'm so glad. For everyone else, you know that I will see you next week. But in the meanwhile, remember that if you are looking for resources, those would be at MarieBianCuzzo.com. Again, that's MarieBianCuzzo.com. Be sure to join up so that you can be a Marie Biancuzzo insider. And if you are looking for a comprehensive course or a lactation review course, we have those as well. So let us know what we can help you with. And in the meanwhile, I Remember, I will see you next week, but your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. 